0: Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Moose! And here we go. Moose! Okay, no, I'm just kidding. That's probably pretty annoying by now. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. I hope you are too, because... Big, big news went down for the Cincinnati Reds yesterday. We're going to talk all about that here in just a moment. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and the show at Locked On Reds. Head on over to com where I've got a little bit written about the move that the Reds just made and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone 513 549. 0-1-5-9. Yesterday, in case you are really confused at the fact that I keep yelling moose, the Reds signed Mike Moustakis to the biggest free agent contract in Cincinnati Reds history. They signed him to a four year, $64 million contract. I don't really care about the money, to be honest with you. They've got themselves a second baseman. And for four years, he is 31 years old. So they are in the interesting part of his career. Hopefully, we don't see a decline for at least a few years. But last season, according to baseball reference, he was worth 3.2 wins above replacement. He had, for a little bit more saber metrics and stuff, he had a 113 weighted runs created plus, which means he was a nicely, uh, he was. You know, decently above average as far as a hitter is concerned, he would slot into the middle of the Reds lineup. So, second base, middle lineup type of hitter. I love it. Very, very great signing by the Reds, and they have begun the effort to get the hitting. And I love this. I love this move. I really do. Bringing in Moose, I mean, heck, I, I really miss just yelling, Bruce, whenever Jay Bruce came up to bat. Now we can yell, Moose. Just, just practice that because as the summer comes, I have a feeling we're going to be yelling that a lot. He's going to be a key part in this, and, and I firmly believe now, so his deal is average annual value there if you kind of do the math in your head. It's about $16 million, so the Reds have somewhere between 20 and $25 million left to spend in this hypothetical idea that most people believe the Reds are looking to spend about $40 million on free agents slash trades this offseason. So that still gives them some wiggle room to play with. Now, I was hoping that they would pair that with Jonathan Villar, but literally hours after I even mentioned the idea of that happening, Jonathan Villar went to the Marlins in a trade that involved a prospect that it was of little to no consequence to the Marlins. So that tells me that the Reds are looking elsewhere. And I saw this take on Twitter. Shout out to cottman 26 he said you have to wonder if they intend to go with Galvis at shortstop and improve an outfield spot now. With the Mustaka signing and him playing second, bla- second base, evidently the middle is considerably better, considerably better already. I can't talk. And I agree with you. I I I think that they like Galvis at shortstop, so they're not focused on the middle of the infield now. They're going to look to the outfield, and some wonder some have wondered now with the Moustakis signing. A big uh, factor, a big effect, really, of his signing now is Sinzel will stay in center field. And some believe that they the Reds are still in a market. Joel Luckup had mentioned that the Reds are still in the market for a high on base center fielder. So that could be interesting if they sign a center fielder like that. Maybe they move Senzel to left field. I think they believe that Senzel is a very versatile player, so he could play just about anywhere, but the middle, or, you know, the the infield looks to be set for right now, and I, I can only imagine if they could work out a deal for Didi Gregorius and bring him in as the shortstop, then... Maybe they aren't done with the middle of the infield just yet, but I do like the fact that we are no longer talking about the possibility of Freddie Galvis being the opening day second baseman, and we are now talking about Moose as the second baseman. I like him in that spot a lot more. Plus, there is another thought here, and this isn't necessarily a reason that the Reds would sign Moustakis, but it kind of fits the bill for something that I was mentioning about Yasmani Grandal in that Moustakis could slot into the first base spot, or if you really want to, you could put Eugenio Suarez at at the first base spot and put Moustakis at third, just in case, you know, maybe to create a little bit of a timeshare, not necessarily uh, anything crazy, but, you know, load management style timeshare for Joey Votto to give him some off days. And then maybe in a few years, probably the reason why a four-year deal for Mustakis makes sense for the Reds in that, you know, maybe if Joey decides to retire in a couple of years, which don't, don't get me wrong, there are no rumblings of this, but if that is something that comes up, then they have a plan B in place with Moustakis and they can do some shuffling around on the infield. But overall, I am so excited about this, and I love it. I love the idea that the Reds went and made this move on Monday, because now we get the little side uh, curiosity, at least from a fan perspective. I'm sure the team really doesn't mind one way or the other if this happens or not, but as a fan, and as someone who is going to be at the Duke Energy Convention Center this weekend, will we see the moose? on the loose in the Queen City this weekend. Who knows? Maybe the Reds bring him in. Maybe we get to meet the Moose this weekend. But overall, absolutely amazing day for the Reds. We're going to talk about There was a few other news and notes from Monday. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Man, I'm so excited about this deal. I, I love the fact that the Reds got him and. You know, if you, if you ask my wife, I'm probably already a little bit annoying because at random times throughout the day, I'll just say, Moose! I'm so happy about this, man. I love this move. Love it. But there were a couple of other moves. There was a lot of stuff that was going on. And a couple of guys that will get added to the hot stove of rumors, and we'll talk about them in future podcasts. Uh, but so many teams, non-tendered, interesting players, players that... Probably in and of themselves aren't going to move the needle a ton, but when you package them together with other moves, they could be interesting gets for the Reds if they look into doing that. But the Reds themselves on the non-tender deadline, day, did as I thought they would. They non-tendered both Kevin Gosman and Jose Peraza. Both Gosman and Peraza are now free agents and free to sign with any of the Major League Baseball teams. There were some who belabored the idea about Peraza being let go because he's still just 25 years old right now. This is his first year of arbitration eligibility. So whatever team picks him up gets him for at least three years. Here's the thing, though. It just didn't make sense for the Reds because Peraza is a player that needs improvement. And how do you improve? You get playing time the Reds do not have another year to start a guy and give 400 plate appearances to a guy who is still trying to figure out what he is as a professional baseball player. I firmly believe that he will land on a team that has that ability, but the Reds are not that team. And so hopefully he can get his career on the go. I mean, I know everyone is quoting, you know, looking at his numbers from 2018 and saying, how could the Reds let him go? But his numbers from 2017 and 2019 give you plenty of reason as to why. And the the Kevin Gossman move, I don't think that shocked too many people. He's a reliever. He may have been considered a fifth starter, kind of somebody that could push Tyler Malley. The problem is he's due to make around $10.5 million this season through arbitration. And I just don't see the Reds paying that to somebody who most likely would come out of the bullpen and not as a setup man not as a prominent reliever but just as a guy that you'd use in a middle a middle relief spot that's way too much to pay for a middle reliever so now he becomes a free agent and most of the rumors if you go to like mlbtraderumors.com or something like that the rumors surrounding him is he will look to sign as a starting pitcher somewhere and there'll probably be a team that takes a chance on that because he did have some nice numbers. They they mentioned his strikeout percentage was up. It's just a question of, is that because he came in in smaller sample sizes during the games, rather than a five or six inning stretch, he pitched at most maybe an inning, maybe four outs, something like that. But overall, it makes total sense for the Reds to non-tender both Gosman and Peraza. So that kind of adds to all of that. The other interesting thing of note, and this is, I don't know, this is nothing really concrete, just something that I noticed, was that there are a ton of rumors out there that the Brewers are interested, and they are taking calls, I guess is the word, on Josh Hader. Makes me wonder, number one, if the Reds give the Brewers a call on this, because He'll be expensive on the trade market. I don't know exactly what it would cost, but that would probably take away a top-tier prospect in which, if the Reds are looking to make a trade, and if Mookie Betts or Francisco Lindor or something like that is even available, who knows? But if they are available, then that takes away a top prospect from that trade offer, and that's probably not something the Reds do, but I'd at least be interested to know if the Reds kind of kick the tires on that idea. But the other thing that it leads me to believe is this. Milwaukee lost Yosemite Grandal to the White Sox. They lost Moustakas to the Reds. They got rid of Jesus Aguiar last season. He was with the Rays, and the Rays actually just waived him, and he was picked up by the Marlins and all this other stuff, so he's not there anymore. Travis Shaw isn't there. They waived a bunch of pitchers today that they non-tendered, like... Junior Guerra and Jimmy Nelson, and you know, guys that we remember hearing those names. If you watched a lot of the Reds and Brewers matchups, are they rebuilding? Did the Brewers look into this season and say, you know what? We've got the Cubs that we're looking up at, we've got the Reds that were gonna be contending with at least and the reds are really making a play and john Heyman even tweeted something to the effect of maybe they are becoming a favorite for the nl central with the different moves that they're making and the absolutely stellar starting rotation that they have which is what we all believe but we are biased because we love the reds i mean you're listening to a reds podcast here in the offseason you love the cincinnati reds but Maybe the Brewers have entered the conversation with the Pirates rather than kept their hat in the ring as a division contender. That's good news for the Reds because now the Reds just have to fight with the Cardinals and the Cubs. And I like the chances of the Reds fighting against two teams rather than fighting against three teams because I'm pretty sure... I don't know, I mean, you know, things can change and, you know, every given day of baseball, blah, blah, blah you get all that coach speak and stuff but on paper, it really doesn't look like the Pirates are going to be much of anything next year and with the Brewers getting rid of all these guys now, they still, I mean, they still have Christian Yelich. they still have some intriguing names I mean, they still got Ryan Braun, who I don't know how old he is, but it doesn't seem to matter he still seems to be a good player but what does that mean for them when they've got these guys and they, they've lost a ton of depth in other... They've lost one of the best catchers, if not the best catcher in baseball. They've lost Mike Moustakas, who was a super versatile infielder. They no longer have Jesus Aguiar. They do have Keston Hira, who is a pretty decent middle infielder there. Orlando Arcia, they don't know what he is. He doesn't know what he is. Nobody knows what he is. So who knows? Maybe the, maybe the Brewers have bowed out. Now I'm not gonna bet on that, but it's something that I found intriguing from this Monday of just craziness across baseball. There's so much that happened. So many different transactions are coming down the wire. If you just go onto like the MLB trade rumors page, the number of things that were written in like 12 hours was just crazy talking about every single team that non-tendered at least someone intriguing to be looked at and and jeff ellis the guy who does the locked on mlb draft and things of that nature he was looking at how you could build a team based on non-tender players and the team doesn't sound all that terrible probably not a playoff contender but at least an interesting team probably you know a 78 Win team something like that. I don't know, but the 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 names were at least intriguing to me. We might talk about some of those here in future episodes. But for today, we are just excited and welcome to Cincinnati, Mike Mustakis. As soon as we hear about you know jersey number, all that good stuff, the Reds haven't actually like made an official announcement like we have signed Mustakis, but everybody that knows everything about baseball has reported it. It's a real thing. We're just waiting on the Reds to announce it, give them a jersey number, all that good stuff. We'll have that for you whenever that happens. But, hey, up until then, we've got some more rumors. We've got lots of stuff to talk about and Reds Fest this weekend. Keep it here. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Reds podcast. Getting each and every day. I'm gonna be here with you each and every day, Monday through Friday, talking about our wonderful Reds all throughout the off season. Also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds for the show. Save that lockdown Reds line number into your phone 513 549 0159. Questions, comments, just reactions. If you just if you love the Moustakas deal, if you don't like the Moustakas deal, I can, I'm interested with that because I've seen some people who were at least not ambivalent, but maybe they were being a little bit more realistic than I was. I was just stoked. I was actually at the gym, you know, shout out. Yeah, I work out. Uh huh. Yeah, but I was at the gym whenever the news went down and I was just on the treadmill, just pumping my fist. Like, yeah, let's go, moose, love it. I don't know, maybe you're not that enthused by it. I want to hear from you, I want to hear why. Let me know, 513-549-0159. And check out the Locked On Reds website. We've I, w- I was getting ready. We were going to do a lot about the all-decade team. I guess uh, maybe if there's uh, no big news for tomorrow's podcast, that's we'll talk about that. But um, I had a couple of ideas, a couple of players that I'm leaning toward on the All-Decade team, at least for the Everyday Eight. Probably talk about some pitchers tomorrow and stuff like that on the Lockdown Reds website. Check it out, LockdownReds.com. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'm going to talk to you guys tomorrow. Wait, 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 one more. Moose!